you're just trying to kickstart your business from scratch, maybe you've just got an idea, maybe you're not really quite sure what the direction is of your online course or program, today's podcast is up your alley. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use the stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Hey, this is Jules Dan here from Storytelling Secrets. Welcome. I've got another Aussie with me on the air today. Her name is Trudy Rankin from the online business Liftoff. And I have an interesting chat with Trudy because she really took off with her clients uh, during COVID and she helps a lot of beginners get their idea uh, into the marketplace off scratch and profitable. So we're going to talk about a lot of those things that worked for her clients during COVID. Really interesting stuff, especially if you're just starting out right up your alley. Other than that, let's get into my podcast today with Trudy Rankin. Hey, welcome back to Storytelling Secrets. My name is Jules Dan and I'm joined by Trudy Rankin from westislanddigital.com. Trudy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, happy to be here. It's really a pleasure to be here. Awesome. And it's really good to have another Melbourneian, another Aussie on the podcast. We've had only a small handful on the show, so... It's good to talk to someone on my time zone. Trudy, I was hoping you could tell my audience a little bit about your, your backstory and uh, how you got to where right now. Sure, sure. It's a, it's a little bit of convoluted, so I won't, I won't try and go massively. Yeah, give, us the cliff notes. <laughs> Pardon? give us the cliff notes. Give us the cliff notes. Yeah, cliff notes sounds good. Yeah, so, so basically, um, I am actually a naturalized New Zealand citizen who is actually living in Melbourne. We've husband and I have lived here for a number of years and I have we you know one of our children was born here so you know love both countries uh uh, see the secret is is that I was actually born in the U.S. um and then ended up meeting my husband uh, who's a Kiwi and moving over there I won't bore you with that story but I have a background as a chief information officer and working with government organizations making sure that they, you know, they've got access to the information and the tools and technology that they need. Did that for a number of years and decided that I wanted to start my own business at some stage. Had a perfect opportunity to do that in 2015 and promptly fell into the world of small business owner from moving in mm-hmm. there from corporate into small business owner. And that was an interesting, that was an interesting uh, shift. And I know we work with a lot of people who do do that. But what I really enjoyed as I discovered as I moved forward into the world of small business ownership was is that you can do so much more you can do so much more and have such a bigger impact and I just want to tell you about Shahan. Shahan was uh, someone who is a young man and he was super frustrated he wanted to be able to get a job and he tried to get a job since he had been in high school and he mm-hmm. gone through high school couldn't get a job gone through university, could not get a job, 
And then he'd finally, in just sheer desperation, gone and done a master's because he couldn't get a job. The reason he couldn't get a job is because his eyesight is really, really poor and he can't see very well. He has to have, look and have things really, really close to his face before he can see them. And he was part of uh, Vision Australia. He was um, has like an employment service that they offer to people who are blind or partially sighted. And I was working with them as a consultant just temporarily. And I had decided I wanted an intern to help me with my business because it's lonely when you're working by yourself on a business. And so I'd gone to them and I'd said, Hey, yep. I'd really love to, to, to have a, yeah, for sure. Love to have an intern. Um, do you have somebody? So I ended up with Shahan. And as I got to know Shahan, I, I found out that he wrote a blog post. He had, you know, he wrote blog posts and, and he did it because he was, he was just so frustrated and bored because he hadn't been able to get a job. And so I said to Shahan, you know, how many, how many people come to your website? How many people actually read your blog posts? He said, oh, about a thousand a month. And I said, wow, you know, that's, that's a okay. lot for, for, for somebody who's starting out with writing blog posts. And I said, how are you, how are you making money from that? How are you monetizing that? And he said, I didn't know you could do that. Did not know you could do that. And so we spent the next few months working together and figuring out how I was helping him figure out how to monetize what he was doing. And that, that worked. It worked really well. And he now has a, a really successful business. Both He still writes his blog. It's called Throughout History. But he buys and sells antiques online. And, and he was able to do that by utilizing the strengths that he had, the writing that he could do to attract people to his blog post, and then eventually branch out into, into buying and selling antiques online. And, and I took that uh, and I said to myself, I, I, this was great. I thought it was a great outcome. Could we do it for more people? So I took a proposal to the CEO of Vision Australia and I said, could we, you know, could we do this for more people? And he said, absolutely, yes. He was willing to take a risk and run a project. And so we ran a, a more formal program with people who were blind and or partially sighted. So we had about three, I think three or four, no, three of them were blind completely. Two of them had partial sight mm -hmm. and, and basically helped them figure out how to set up a business online. That worked really great. And to cut a, short, a story short, lots of ups and downs sort of in between, um, until we finally got to the place where we were able to get a grant from the, the federal government here in Australia to run a pilot program where we worked with people who are carers or looking after somebody in their family who's disabled or elderly or ill, um, or they're 50 and over and they're either unemployed or at risk of long-term unemployment. And we worked out how to help those people set up an online business um, and, and be able to just get a little bit more financial independence choose their own employment situation, all of those sorts of things. And, and now we, we basically have a community for people who can learn how to do that based on that program. But we support people who are building an online business. So that was, that was a very quick part of history. Nice. That's, that's a really cool story. Um, and, and what are you guys focusing on right now um, in, inside of what, you, what you're doing with OBL? Yeah, so Online Business Liftoff, or OBL, we just call it OBL for short, is we're very much focused on helping people who have, you know, recently started a business sometime within the last two years, and they, they are, they're just really, really wanting to grow their business, and they're trying to focus on the things they need to learn 
to be able to do that. Um, and so we, we basically provide support for them. But the, one, of the, one of the key things that we really enjoy doing is uh, was putting together masterclasses for, for our people who are in our community. And we, we make those masterclasses available to other people as well. But we, we very much want to support the people who are in that learning phase in, that, in our community and, and help them learn the skills that they need to learn to move to the next level so that they can grow their business. So that's, that's one of our main focuses at the moment. Nice. Okay. Um, I'd be really curious to hear sort of like what were the challenges for people during COVID to, to get started now that they were sort of forced to go online. So you're saying that your, your main focus on people who, who've already got something, they're not starting from scratch. Is, it, is that right? With the program that we were running, which ended up running during COVID because the government actually extend, ended up extending the program, um, most of them were starting from scratch. We helped them come up with an idea and then we helped them build their website, we helped them build a sales funnel and then we teach them basic marketing skills. But we did have some people come in more towards the end of that period who already had businesses or a business. So for example, we have a lady named Lorenza who already had a bricks and mortar jewelry business. And of course, COVID shut that down completely. And she's going, you know, what do I do? What do I do? Mm. So she came into the program and and we helped her, showed her what to do and supported her as she moved her business online. And she sells artisan jewelry. So it's unique, limited edition artisan jewelry. And the struggle for her was um, basically getting her head around how the technology works so that she could then obviously build her website support and, and be able to keep it up to date. So we helped her do that. And of course, now that COVID's over, it's really, really taking off because not only does she have her bricks and mortar business, she's also got an online business, which is increasingly, you know, able to go out to the rest of the world for people who are really, really, really want unique limited edition type pieces of jewelry that artisan mm. made. They're really quite cool. Yeah. So it sounds like the main focus was just to recap, it was mainly on helping people just get started, but also helping people who were just like that brick and mortar where your traditional business is and then getting them to go online. I'm curious to know what, what's that main stumbling block so, or everyone had, whether it's beginner or intermediate that they had with transitioning into being an online business owner? Yeah, there's, there's one key, one key stumbling block that I don't care where people were in their journey. They all hit this and, and and it's, it was interesting to me. And that was that they, even if they thought that they were fairly confident with technology, when we introduced the world of digital technology to them and software as a service type platforms and all of the things that you need to build, yeah. you know, your the 15 business, other pieces of software that you need to get going. Absolutely. <laughs> How you link them all up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and you've got to link them. You've got to understand how they work. You have to understand why you need them. And you've got to figure out how to make them work together, make them play nice together. And so that was, we would find it was, it never failed. We would get people through the first week and introduce them, help them to come up with an idea, but we'd introduce them to the technology and they would go, oh my goodness, I'm not sure. I'm not confident that I can do this. And then, you know, it doesn't take too much longer and we give them the support. And they would, by the end of the program, you know, we had people falling in love with the technology that you use to build websites, or they love Canva, or they, you know, they just get really, really comfortable with it. And once you get comfortable with it, um, their businesses just take off. 
Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. I still really dislike a lot of doing the tech and I just try to outsource as much as possible. But hey, you know, we'll get that buzz from something. Um, and I'm curious to know, like, what was, how long was that, that learning curve for you? Like, did you, you came in with these previous skills when you, before you started this business or were there also challenges you had to face when you were getting this off the ground? Oh, yes, yes. Lots and lots of challenges. Not so much around the technology because I'm a bit of a geek and I really enjoy technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had seen how you can use technology to actually achieve your, your goals. But I did, did find that there was a steep learning curve when you had to translate that into online type stuff. For me, it wasn't the, the, the issue wasn't so much uh, how to use the technology. It was the why. Why are we using this technology? What are we trying to do with it? What could it be doing for, for us? You know, what should it be doing for us? Um, that was one. That was one challenge. There was two other challenges for me. One was that I wanted to help everybody, and of course, the saying is, is if you want to help yeah. everybody, you help nobody. So it took me a while to narrow down who I wanted to help, and then it, and after helping Shahan and working with people that were blind and partially sighted, and and the program that we ran, I know who I want to help. It's really, really quite clear. Um, and, and that's people who are, who are non-techy, non-technical, who do want to start an online business. And for some reason, you know, just the, the traditional nine to five job just doesn't work for them. Those are the people that I, I love helping. Um, but the third thing that I did struggle with is, is that I went from senior management roles where I had a massive team helping me. And I had, you know, people, you know, I had, a, I had an assistant and things like that. And all of a sudden you go from that down to having only yourself wearing lots of hats having to make all the decisions and trying to do everything yourself. And that's quite daunting when it all kind of the realization sort of dawns that it's just you, nobody's coming to rescue you. Yeah. You're, you're the strategist, you're the manager and you're the doer as well. All three. Yes. And I had never done marketing before. Yeah. Well, you're saying you'd never done marketing before. So you just had to self-learn or did you invest in a mentor? Well, I, I, I needed, I would have loved to have had a mentor, um, but I didn't know enough to know who to choose or what I needed to learn. So I had to go through a period where I had to try and figure out what I needed to learn before I could actually get help, if that makes sense. Explain to me like I didn't make, like I didn't, like I don't know. Well, well, when you, I had never done any, because I work for government, right? And governments yeah. tend not to market so much. Yeah. Um, Although they should do more of it, I have to say. Um, And so I didn't know about things like, you know, the different stages of awareness. I didn't know about the customer journey. Um, I I didn't know a lot about marketing. I didn't know about how to run ads. I didn't know how to write the copy for ads or for my website or for my emails. And it took me a long time to learn how to do it in a way that would resonate with people. Yeah. I mean, like it's a key skill, how to make people attracted to you. So they give you money. <laughs> I'm surprised they don't teach that in government, but, um, it's they have good. a tax office. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's, it's good that you, that you learn those, those key skills. And I'm curious, are those key skills, like obviously learning to write copy and, uh, marketing and telling your story is a key thing I do. Um, I'm, I'm sure, is that one of the key skills that you guys are teaching new business owners how to sell this stuff? Because it's all great and well to create your own store, but if no one's coming there and buying, then what's the point? 
Yeah, so we, we, we take the approach that we, we want people to do it for themselves first for a while so that they know what's involved, so that they know how much work and effort is actually involved, so that they value then, if they then choose not to do it themselves and they choose to get somebody else to help them with, they know two things. One, they know how valuable it is and how much they don't want to do it themselves. And secondly, they know when somebody's ripping them off or selling them a bag of salt. You know, you basically, you can tell if you've done it yourself for a while, you know what questions people should be asking you if they're going to be helping you do something. So it's just a, it's a really important way of making sure that you, the people you choose to work with you actually know what they're doing. Yeah, well, that's a really good point. Can we can we hear some of those screening questions? I mean, no one likes to get burnt, so I'd love to hear what you teach your students. Oh well, okay. Well, you can pick. You you want to? We can pick website copy, or we could pick um, email copy or ad copy. There's all different kinds of copy. The first, and I guess there's some commonalities. The first thing I would be paying attention to is is that are they asking me? how deeply I know my customer, how tell, you know, I'd be saying, I would be looking for them to say, who's your customer? How do you know they're your customer? What does your customer feel? What emotions are they experiencing? Um, what's their problem? How much do they need that problem fixed? Are they willing to pay for it? So basically you'd be yep. wanting them to pick your brain about who your customer is and how you serve them. Um, that's, that's critical. That's number one. I'd be also asking, um, you know, how long have you been doing this? Can you show me examples of other people that you've helped? You kind of need to have a portfolio. And that's a bit tricky with somebody's wanting to help other people and they haven't really got any customers yet. Yeah. But there's, it is possible to, to work your way around that by helping other people for free just for a little bit, not massively long, just do, you know, make sure you've helped other people. So you can point to something and say, hey, I helped do that. Or, hey, I did it for myself. This is what it looks like. And people can go, ooh, that's not sure about that or they can go wow that's really cool um it could help you know you know happy to try them out um another question obviously to ask which is a rather obvious one this is is that how much is it going to cost am i going to get value for money that's something that people forget a lot is is that there has to be a return on the money that you invest in getting somebody else to help you and you have to know why you want that other person to help you so sometimes it's not about money it's sometimes it's about freeing up your time. Um, sometimes yeah. it's about getting more sales, uh, but sometimes it's also a, hey, I just need somebody on my team that I can bounce ideas off of. So those would probably be the, the key questions that I'd be asking. And of course you need to, you want them to have the same core values as you. You want them to care about your customers as much as you do. And you, you basically should be talking to people to find out what, that, what, what those core values are. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that, Trudy, because um, it's actually kind of strange. I've always wondered when I do my stack, like, here's what you get to a client. And I'm like, you get a 90 minute call with me where I kind of do a deep dive. And I always think that's like the not sexy part, but everyone's faces light up like, oh, that's awesome. I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's 90 minutes of, of like question, 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 but it makes sense from uh, the consumer side that they're, they're getting looked after. Um, and I love that you said that, um, you know, like what are their core values and, and understanding like what is that ROI when it comes to outsourcing this? Because it's not always a, a, like a financial ROI. It's like I need someone who can think for me because I've got too many plates spinning right now. Absolutely. Or it might be something that you can do, but you're not 
the best at it. And if somebody else did it for you, you might get a better result. Yes, exactly. Now, I do want to touch on just quickly, um, or not not quickly, I do want to cover it though. You said that you wanted to, you, what you do is, you mentioned earlier in the interview, a masterclass and uh, you, you in your, your notes here, you say you teach it with a twist. What's the twist? Oh yeah, no, look, we, we uh, it's one of the things I didn't, I didn't really expect it to be like this, but we really love, or I really love, um, organizing masterclasses for our community members. And so they get to have these, they get to attend these masterclasses for free. And if, if you're not part of the community, obviously there, there's, a, there's a fee for it, but we bring in experts or we will use the team or I will teach something that, that they need to know, which is the next step in, in their journey. Um, and I don't know, I, the, the twist is, because lots of people create workshops or masterclasses. Yeah. Um, and there's, 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 a, there's a fairly logical kind of step-by-step process that you can use to, to go through and plan a masterclass. Um, and I can touch on those bits about how we do it if you want. But the twist for us is, is that we use, uh, and I'll see if I can, see if I can describe it. Uh, we call them decision trees, but they're actually assessment tools that go with the masterclass. Um, and what I mean by that is a decision tree is a thing where you answer questions and depending on how you answer the question, you end up with a completely different result than somebody who answered the question in a slightly different way. So it's like a choose your own adventure. If, yep, if, gotcha. if you've been around long enough to read those sorts of books, you know, they went out of fashion a long time ago. I, I have read a few in my time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I always thought they were kind of cool, but, but that, that's kind of the concept. And so what we do is, is that we work with the experts who are presenting the masterclass to develop an assessment tool that is, is based on a framework and questions that if people go through and answer the questions step by step by step, at the end of using that tool, they're going to come up with a results page, which can be turned into a PDF or whatever, that they can then pin up on their wall that reminds them of what they learned in the class. But it's always focused on creating an aha moment for people as they go through the masterclass and they use the tool. Those two things together um, tend to create a synergy that, that can be missing in, in other types of masterclasses. Um, and, and because it, people are doing something hands-on and they're always, the types of masterclasses we do are ones where you're working on your business. You're learning a skill that applies to your business and working on your business. So like if I was to just give you a quick example, um, we, we've done one on how to, how to start a YouTube channel and so the, the, the tool that we developed to, to go with it, when they answered their questions, gave them at the end of it, a, a YouTube channel starter strategy and plan that they could use to, to basically help them get started with their, with their YouTube channel. And you, you do the same thing, you know, we've done one where, you know, it's a customer avatar, describe your customer avatar, finish answering the questions, pops up, it's nice and colorful, you could put it on your wall. Um, or even things like how to stand out, you know, if, you, if you're looking at your marketing and trying to figure out how to stand out in a crowded market, we have a tool and the masterclass together that go together that actually help people realize what's unique about them and how they can then, what they need to focus on in order to make sure that they are standing out in, in their market. So what kind of yeah. marketing activities should be doing and stuff like that? Yeah, so, so if I'm understanding correctly, they're, they're almost... 
understanding the principles before they get started with the masterclass. Is that right? Yeah, no, well, yes and no. We, we, we usually, we run the masterclasses in a way that the tool fits in yeah. very naturally with what's being spoken about in the masterclass. So usually there's a bit of training first and then there's a thinking activity and then we get people to start using the tool to record some of the thinking that they've done and then they just work their way through the thing as part of the masterclass. Oh, cool. Uh, very, very interesting. Um, nice twist, by the way. I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, and, and what are the results being like with your students? Did, was this like a shift out of like out of necessity because no one was getting results or or like how come you decided to do this? No, because we one of the things we do, we, we always, when we were doing the program and in our community, we're always looking for ways to be more effective at getting concepts across and making sure they stick in people's minds and that they're genuinely useful in, in helping to take the business to the next step, those people, those people's businesses to the next step. And I've, I've always, um, I use a tool, we, for, for these, these um, assessment tools, we use a, a thing called Leads Hook. And usually people use Leads Hook to create things like segmentation quizzes. You know, you've seen those quizzes, what type yeah. of this X are you? You know, what's your X personality? What, all those sorts what of Disney princess are you? Exactly. What Disney princess are you? And, and, and we do those too. Well, like I have an agency part of my business that, that does those as well. But, but for our, for our people who are learning, it was a really, really useful way of adding in an extra part of the, the learning that you do, because people have got different ways of learning. You know, some people are kinesthetic, some people are, are you know, are all, uh, some people, whatever. And by adding that in, so that you're you're not just thinking about your business, but and the thing that you're learning, but you're you're writing stuff down and then you're transferring that into a tool. Then that lets you customize it for yourself and your business, and then keep it and then go back to it if you want to go back to it. It makes it stick more. It makes it stick longer. And so it wasn't a it wasn't a out of necessity sort of a thing. It was a how can we be how can we be even better? You know, how can we do this better? How can we make it more effective for, for our people? I like it. I like it. And I'll ask at the end, if there's a masterclass coming up where they can find it. Um, I do want to shift towards the end of the interview. We've got a few questions that are a bit more personal towards Trudy. Um, now, could you tell me quickly, like what's the vision for you and your company in the next six to 12 months? Where do you want to go? Wow. In the next six to 12 months, we we're working on building up our community and we're also starting to build up our next program so so the program that we did run and we still have and you can access in our community takes people from no idea at all to basically having all of the basic assets online assets that you need and some basic marketing skills the next program that we're developing is basically where do people go from there you know basically they need they need to know they need more advanced skills around marketing they need to figure out and deepen their skills around the particular channels that they're using. They need, you know, basically teaching people how to set up these masterclasses for themselves and how to create, how to create um, quizzes and things that are going to actually help uh, segment or personalize the journey or the experience that people have when they come to their websites so that they're getting value no matter what part of the journey that they're in. So we're basically focused on just helping the people that we've we've helped and other people who would like some help just really, really help their business take off. 
Yeah, I like that. Nice big vision. And and to get there, what's that one little thing that's a bit scary that you have to face in order to like that? Maybe a little obstacle that you have to face in order to achieve that. Well, you know, it's it, it's the same. It is the same. I think that every business faces, and that is, is that how do we actually make sure that people know we exist? How do we make sure that we're using our tools effectively? How do we make sure that we understand our customers deeply enough so that when people see us, they recognize themselves? Every business has to do that. We're, we're no different. And it's really just a matter of making sure that, that, um, that we're helping as many people as we can. And in order to do that, people have to know about who we are. Yeah, nice. Obviously, you're taking steps towards that, doing that right now. I'm curious to hear Oh yes. Oh yes. Yes. We, 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 one of the things, one of our core values, and that's another yep. thing that's for another, probably another topic. But one of our core values is, is that we believe deeply in lifelong learning and, and it's the same for our businesses in our team for myself and for our business. Um, and basically, basically we experiment a lot. You know, we want to try this. We try something, we say, Hey, we think this is going to help. Let's try it. We try it. We measure, we're deeply into analytics and metrics and we see, did it work? Did it not work? And if it didn't work, what could we try different? If it did work, how can we do more of it? So we, that's, that's a very, very strong focus for us. And that's one of the things that we do teach our, our, our people in our community. Absolutely love it, Trudy. And, and I'd, I'd really appreciate if you could, you know, tell my audience um, where they can find you. If you've got that masterclass with a twist coming up, you're more than welcome to share all about it. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, so if people are interested in, in our community or they'd like to know more about our online business liftoff, um, they can go to onlinebusinessliftoff.com. And, and basically, um, we've got a couple of different masterclasses coming up. We do do masterclasses every month. The one we've got coming up next is about how to make a profit from your very first sale. Um, and it's about a methodology that you use. Um, and there's a lot of discipline involved in it. It's not just, you know, it's not just all hot smoke and air and it's, it's a, it's a discipline and a method. Um, and then we've also got one coming up. We've got a couple coming up actually. And I'm really excited about them all. One of them is about how to, how to, um, increase your chance of success if you're applying for a grant, because we you do work with some people who are, who would be interested in that. And then we also have one coming up, um, about how to basically, if you're looking at or thinking about establishing a community yourself, how to make sure that you've got a really, how you, how you can set up a community that's going to be really successful. So it's about community management. So yeah, so onlinebusinessliftoff.com and we're in the process of building a page that's going to be listing those masterclasses. We haven't done that yet because we've done them for our community and they, they know about them, but we're going to be building a page for that. Will it be ready by July? Because that's when this podcast will be going. Yes. Yes. Most definitely. Yeah. So, so, so if you're hearing this, it'll be up. Awesome. Yes. Trudy, thank you. Trudy, Trudy, thank you so much for coming on to Storytelling Secrets today. Oh, thank you so much. It's been, it's been lovely. Uh, I really enjoyed talking with you. Hey, this is Jules here. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. I really appreciate it. So if you want to go check out my guests, freebie, what they spoke about, learn a little bit more about them, maybe they've got an event they spoke about on the podcast, you're going to find all the information below in the podcast notes. And on top of that, if you really enjoyed the podcast, if you absolutely loved Storytelling Secrets, I'd really appreciate it if you go leave a review on iTunes. It helps 
get the podcast out to more people and uh, I'd be really, really grateful. On top of that, if you leave a review, a written review, I'd be more than happy to read it out on air. So you're more than welcome to drop a note, say hello to a friend, promote your business, whatever. The mic is yours, so to speak. So other than that, thank you so much for listening. Go leave a review and I'll see you next time on the podcast.